the mark of the beast, the Antichrist, the lake of fire, the second death. These are images that flooded my adolescent mind alongside real-life stories of pastors in Soviet prisons and mental institutions. This was all alongside the ever-present possibility of a nuclear holocaust. Fast forward to today, we have Russian hackers, disinformation campaigns, fake news, conspiracy theories, and to top it all, a global pandemic. Surely, the stage is set. I'm Paul White, and this is Apocalypse, the Book of Revelation. Join me and my special guest and friend Pete Milner as we explore what God might be saying through this incredible book to us today. Hi everyone and welcome to another sauntering podcast with me, Paul White, and my great friend Pete Milner. Hi, everybody. As we look at this phenomenal book of Revelation, also known as the Apocalypse, and we're on chapter 13 today. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, Lord Jesus, we again come before you with utmost humility, and we just say, God, please speak to us. Even in our conversation, even in our probing and our questioning, Lord, we want you to be evident and we want you to manifest yourself and to speak to the hearts of anyone listening today Mm. or any well i guess today will be whenever anyone's listening so lord yeah that in jesus name amen amen how you doing pete pretty good yeah (laughs) i mean you enjoying this series i'm loving it i i think it's such a great way to just sort of introduce the oh do you know what I, i think it's introducing i think that we're introducing um, a way to not sort of live in fear of revelation mm-hmm. because it the whole vocabulary of apocalypse and dragons and beasts and stuff mm. is so confounding that yeah. people, we do just avoid it yeah and even though chapter one sort of said there'll be a blessing for everyone who reads it aloud and and i think that keeps me humble it's like yeah. good well just putting it out there and saying there's more than one way to kind of look at this mm-hmm. and even if it ends up being true that this is a step-by-step playbook for all of the things that will happen at the end of days yeah. and the lead up to it no problem you know the point is that we should still have our hearts open and be effective with its yeah. truth isn't it yeah and sometimes you've got to kind of ask yourself the question what will this mean to me in my reality right yes now? and i think that has to be the our approach to the whole bible doesn't it otherwise yeah. all we do is consign it to the realms of a kind of academic yeah exercise the <clears throat> unless worst... it's changing my day-to-day yeah the worst thing i can do with all the rest of it is say all oh, this concerns matters of the past and then, you know, the rest, the revelation and some prophetic texts is like, well, that must concern the distant future. Mm-hmm. And so I get left with sort of no real instructions other than just general kind of ethical ones about yeah, love your neighbour yeah. and just generally be a decent person. Whereas it's like, actually, these have powerful significances yeah. for me because they do evoke those things that are at work in our world right now, don't mm-hmm. they? And we sure. shouldn't limit it down to saying, you know, this is the fulfillment, definitely for sure, coronavirus or Russia or the, you know, 
yeah. whatever we we see in our world, it's like it's not a crime to say this is sort of in tune with this yeah. thing that I read in Revelation. And to be fair, you know, I I I grew up being. Uh, hearing this stuff preached with mm. very certain yeah. predictions of what was going to happen. Yeah. And of course, the time frame for those has been and gone and they didn't happen. They sure did. So I have to come back to it again and say, OK, well, that didn't happen. Mm. Is it are the, those things still true, those predictions, but just in a different, you know, and you kind way. of recycle it oh. um, timescale wise? Or is there something else that we mm. can be learning and I, I so yeah that's... I, I think open your heart and, and allow it to keep going yeah. because the the worst thing we can do is to just keep moving the goalposts mm-hmm. and say you know within 30 years it'll be and then yeah. you know 30 years in the future we'll be, be like ah oh, yes well I said 30 years or maybe we don't even ever bother confronting yeah. the fact that we were wrong because we, we judge the Jehovah's Witnesses for things like that don't we, we? sure do you know <laughs> setting false dates and stuff that's and right yeah we've got to live by the same rule book that's right. But the whole exercise of trying to predict when it will happen. You know, there's people who are counting down to the time when the very last person who was alive, when Israel was reconstituted as a ah. modern state. Some people are counting down for that. And they're thinking, well, because of the promise that this generation will not pass away until the... Ah, oh, I, I just oh, don't think I so. I see what you mean. I yeah. don't think yeah. so. You know, they, they somebody said at some point that that was what it all meant. And a whole community of people are absolutely convinced on that person's authority because they yeah. were able to interpret these symbols in a, a big scheme that joined enough dots together to make sense. Yeah. But every generation from the first century to the 21st has believed, you know, some people from that generation have believed that surely in this is lifetime. the last thing. Surely yeah. this is the last roll of the dice for the yeah. world. It can't get much worse than this or it can't get any harder. <laughs> it to be has a got pretty bad. It times. sure has. Yeah. yeah. Right, let's read verse uh, verse 1 of chapter 13 then. He says, And I saw a beast. Here we go. Rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads with ten diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its heads. And the beast I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it the dragon gave his authority and his throne and great authority. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed, and the whole earth marvelled as they followed the beast. Mm. And they worshipped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who can fight against it? Should we have a little pause? Sure. Um... You'll notice the the last verse of the previous chapter had the Mm. dragon sort of full of wrath standing on the shore of the sea. Mm -hmm. And very much senses that the dragon is sort of calling this thing forward to be the sort of earthly, worldly kind of manifestation of all his stuff is it so, like he's calling his champion a bit like the philistines called out goliath yeah said, a bit come like on, that. let's show you what we got yeah, yeah. Un- uh, sort of unveiling his attempt at the counter to christ and christ's kingdom okay. so yeah. i think the language of antichrist is helpful and mm-hmm. um, many many people look at this and they see rather than a leopard or a beastly monstery dragony thing um see a person who yeah. may well stand in the position as sort of king of the world sure and, king of the anti 
Christ kingdom. Yeah. Um, but the the things that are true about it are true of Satan, aren't they? You know, yeah. He's blasphemous. He's got like all this hideous kind of counterfeit power and, and horrible authority and, mm. and power to exercise. Do we have any idea about its identity with its ten horns, seven heads, ten diadems on its horns? Um, well, in a way, Revelation 17 helps us with it. Okay. Um, and, you know, the beast is seen again, but on top of the beast is riding a, a woman, the great prostitute called Babylon. And it, there's a, a limit to how personified we should see these symbols, I think, because right. I've asked people in Bible study groups before, you know, um, Satan, is he a sort of abstract powery thing or is he a personable character mm -hmm. with a personality? And people tend to say, yes, the second, you know, he's mm -hmm. a personable character with authority and stuff. And then you say, well, what about um, other things we see in Revelation, like Antichrist? And people are like, yes, we think we're, we're expecting a personable character with mm -hmm. a personality. And then it's like, well, what about death? Because yes. death sort of is is personified mm, in a way. 80s. People are much more sort of abstract about death, mm. and Babylon the same. Most people are like, no, Babylon. I'm not expecting to meet a person called Babylon, but I am expecting to meet a person called Antichrist. And I think that what's important is that the woman rides the beast, and the angel explains that the seven heads are seven hills upon which, mm -hmm. and. and undoubtedly in the language of revelation in the first century text that we're reading right now that is rome and the people reading it they would have would known have understood exactly. obviously rome for right. sure the fact that it's not now <clears throat> properly seen as rome i think is is important because this is not um some permanent and last fixture because i think to to try and make it so is to torture history a little bit to try mm -hmm. and make it say what you want it to say in fact, we should see this is the earthly representation of Satan's power and counter kingdom, mm -hmm. his wrath and his, his hatred of all that is Christ and Christ's kingdom. Um, and whatever form that might take in your own era of history, yeah. you have to sort of have that as the prophetic community of God. We have to have that yeah. willingness and that authority to call the spade the spade, you know, to say, yeah. actually, you're behaving Oh, nations of the world, perhaps like Babylon, like the beast, mm -hmm. like Antichrist. Yeah. You know, what is what could be less Christ than the system of, of capitalism and worldliness that rule this world mm -hmm. in the way that they do? I mean, it to me, that's a natural fit. So, again, maybe like the water cycle thing about the word of God kind mm -hmm. of going through accomplishing all the purposes. Maybe there's always a candidate. And then eventually one mm -hmm. day there'll come one person who truly is the single kind of king of the world in a really unhelpful way yeah. and makes war against the church in a yeah, really yeah. practical Very way. Explicit That's way. what yeah. I'm, I'm sure the sort of gospel halls and the evangelical kind of history of interpretation of Revelation in the last 150 years or so would say. Sure. So verse five, then it says, and the beast was given a mouth uttering haughty and blasphemous words. And it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. It opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. And it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation. And all who dwell on the earth will worship it, everyone whose name has not 
been written before the foundation of the world in the book of the Lamb who was slain. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to be taken captive to captivity, he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword he must be slain. Mm. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. Yeah. Wow. Because... Wow, it's going to get bad before yeah, it gets yeah. all the way best. So this beast is characterised by blasphemy, mm-hmm. isn't it? You know, he everything that comes out of its mouth, or perhaps we should say his mouth, um, although, although it John calls it it. Consistently an it. Yes, yep. and the beast, it, everything that comes out of its mouth is blasphemous and haughty and yep. arrogant, and we know that to be so much the nature of Satan, don't we? Mm. He's haughty. He wanted to, says, I will ascend. I will, yeah. <coughs> excuse me, promote myself. Mm. I will rise In, and reach yes, the I'm very peak. get that job, the top yeah. job. And and it's so typical of, of sin in a more general sense, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That the, the root of our greed and our pride and our envy and our lust and stuff is that desire to take what isn't ours mm-hmm. isn't it that that proudness that says i deserve this i yeah. want this so yeah. i should have it it's and actually a very popular thing i deserve this i deserve to be happy yeah you know it's like whoa says who yeah <laughs> where did that come from well i mean it 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 lends I, I think that that very remark lends itself to to the strength of the need to see this beast wherever we see it mm-hmm. and not to just wait for some Kind of person who's Old fulfillment. No, we're not yeah. looking for just an elected person in the future. We're looking for a character and a nature that is at large in our world right now, isn't it? My way, I deserve. I want. I want. I want. Me. 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 Um, you know, my space, my everything. I want my mm-hmm. thing, and that is is sitting completely in step with this beast, isn't it? I don't yeah. need God. I don't yeah. need anyone. I don't need Christianity. I just want to do whatever I want. <coughs> And this this beast has been given, allowed, mm-hmm. permitted yeah, again. to exercise authority for 42 months, which we also see as this number of 1260 days, which has been mentioned in the previous couple of chapters. Yeah. Um. So it seems to be a kind of significant time period. Mm. I, I think we could probably say it is a limited time period. Yeah. Which is helpful. Yeah, um, but it, it's one thousand two hundred and sixty is forty-two divided by thirty. So, if every month was thirty months, then uh, thirty days, sorry, then that would be the same number sure. as we've seen. Do we know what that might mean, Pete? What no. That... Well, again, uh, we said in the previous times it popped up that it may refer to a kind of, you know, um, three to four year long period in, in history, mm-hmm. such as the the time when the Jewish Roman War sure. destroyed yeah, the temple. It may refer to a future time of exactly that length in in some way, and it may be more symbolic. You know, it may be harder to pin down to one fixed reality. We might have to see this in our own time, regardless of it. But clearly, the sense is that this is a limited scope that the beast mm-hmm. has to perpetrate mayhem and, and utter blasphemies. Presumably, some would say that's the period of the time of the Great Tribulation. Yes, and certainly, if you were a futurist pre-millennial or, or something like that you would be saying that that this mm-hmm. is a expected concrete future history reality that will happen and this 
person who will come and, and announce themselves to be king of the world against the church, against Jesus, against all the kingdom of heaven and, um, you know, perpetrate one final wretched act of a trying to exterminate the faith of God from the earth and destroy the kingdom of God upon the earth. Um, you know, if you're a literalist and a futurist and someone who's expecting to see this thing played out in the future, that's what you will be seeing. But mm. I think even such a person would agree that there is a sort of continuous present aspect to it, too, mm. where we have to deal with the world in all its haughty arrogance and all of its yeah. immorality yeah. and all of its blasphemy. We have to live in it, too, don't we? Yes. And so it's helpful to see that present continuous aspect of it mm. without saying this doesn't apply to some fulfilment in no, the future which maybe it does has a yeah very specific completion yeah um yeah it's interesting that he blasphemes those who dwell in heaven mm. you know and you know the saints those who've gone before and presumably those who are alive today who hold to the testimony of Jesus i would imagine he's also going to give them a hard time isn't he but it seems that he has the power to overcome, yeah. to conquer the saints. To make war on them and conquer them, yeah. Does that tie in with Daniel? Daniel says, you know, he wages war against the saints. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's the same thing as, as chapter 12 as well, wasn't it? You know, there's, there was war in heaven with mm -hmm. Michael and the angels fighting against the devil and his angels. And Satan is cast down and mm -hmm. there's horrible rogues with him. Um, but this is the, the battle being brought to the earth where... Um, you know the the church and our, our the kingdom that we stand in is our domain, we have to really? make yeah. war against the beast in his kingdom and the beast is given power for time to overcome us mortally you know mm. to, to try they can kill the body but they thankfully cannot destroy the soul they can't yeah. take away our eternal life they can't take away our heavenly reward but in as an earthly experienced version i think that's how we should see it so Satan's failed in his mission to take over heaven, but now his mission is to try and take over earth and thrash around and destroy the mm -hmm. kingdom on earth. But he, we are assured that he will not succeed, even if he looks like he's winning for a while. Yeah. Verse 8, you realise this is a very darkly spiritual power yeah. that all who dwell on the earth will worship it and yeah. everyone whose name... So there's, there's a sense in which there is this group of people who belong to the Lamb <laughs> and he knew about them beforehand. Paul yep. sets us up with that, doesn't he? Those mm -hmm. he foreknew, he also predestined and so on. Mm -hmm. So we have this sense that Jesus has always known yes. who's going to choose to follow him and so on. And they, they're they the ones who don't worship it. Yeah, but and everybody the, else is sort of swept along in it, yeah. aren't they? And anyone who doesn't worship it, presumably, mm. is fair game to the beast to try and take them down. Yes. And I think one of the strongest arguments from people like Cyrus Schofield and uh, John Nelson Darby mm. and the guys who were sort of forerunning the modern telling of the yeah. future kind of stuff. One of the strongest arguments they have is to say that for the while, there's a sort of available. So there was this era where people are free to choose you know the offer has been made come have life come to me all you are thirsty and heavy laden or perish and everybody who believes will receive eternal life and not perish but everybody who does not receive the offer does not receive eternal life and receives the wrath instead and in the bible there is a sense in which sometimes the choice is completely open 
And it's like it's time to choose. You know, the, here comes the word of the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, faith comes by hearing the hearing by the word of the Lord. So we proclaim the gospel. We testify to the truth. And hopefully the, the seed is planted in fertile soil. You know, the faith grows and, and the Holy Spirit does his wonderful miracle to make us alive. But there is also a time where it's like the choice has been made yeah. and now it's judgment. Right. And so I think that, that what is signified here is a time where the world has taken sides explicitly, right. consciously, irrevocably. Yeah. And that's what sort of makes it seem sort of crystal clear about yeah. black and white. It's either be in the book of life or don't be. Binary choice. Yeah. And I think that that has some merits in it. Um, it reminds me of um, Pharaoh. Because Pharaoh's heart was hardened, wasn't it? Yeah. And in a way, you can sort of implicate God in that. But if you go back to Exodus, this is one really interesting Bible study you can do. Have a look at the 10 plagues and see who's hardening the heart. And for the first few, it's Pharaoh himself. He hardens his own heart. He's being hard. He's being proud. He's being arrogant. He's not listening. He's not repenting. And it's his own darn fault. But there comes a point where God it seems, sort of makes a decision to sort of make an example of him and and bring this judgment in Mm. to the present tense in a way that sort of closes the door of of the possibility of Pharaoh having a change of heart. And it says God hardened his his heart Mm. for the last four. And I think for five out of the total total ten. So I think that here the, the picture is the same one. You know, before there was an offer where right. you could take it. Yeah. But now it's like the judgment phase has begun and yeah. the world has taken sides and we're just going to experience the sort of logical end of that. So it's a bit like the Noah's Ark scenario where they had 100 years to, to choose mm. life. They, yeah, they 120. didn't. And in the end, God shuts the door yeah. and that's the option closed. That's, yeah, yeah, I think so. But there's this 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 kind of profound statement at the end. There, here is the call. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. Yeah, don't you know, give up. It's not going to be easy, guys. No, don't give up. Yeah, and I mean, gosh, there are Christians, aren't there, today who would say, "Yeah, this is my experience. Mm. It is literally life or death." You know, and I'm. You know, if you lived in Afghanistan today as yeah. a believer, you would be facing these kind of mm. this kind of threat, wouldn't you? Yeah. Verse 11, then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven Um to earth in front of people and by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast it deceives those who dwell on the earth telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain also it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both slave and free, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark, that is, the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom, 
Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. Yikes. Wow. It is out of <clears throat> the desire to see these things come to pass that, that people are able to know for sure so much what they're expecting to see mm-hmm. that anything that comes that looks sufficiently like it yeah. it's like well this is it this is and it I tell you what one of my least favourite things in all the world is the circle of commentators and bloggers and preachers who make stuff up mm-hmm. in such a horrendously deceitful way sometimes they're just peddling other people's lies mm-hmm. or mistakes and they're not even conscious of it. But someone will say something like, oh, yes, if you do coronavirus in this numerology scheme, it comes mm-hmm. up as 666. Or, you know, the vaccine is the mark of the beast mm-hmm. and it's governmental control and it's antichrist yeah. and stuff. And I, I, I can bear it and I do bear it, but I feel like I can't bear yeah. it because it's so it hideous. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it isn't. This isn't, yeah. you know, the coronavirus vaccine campaign is not the exercise of the authority of Antichrist to set up the kind of final showdown between Satan and Jesus in, in the imminent future. I'm going on record. It just isn't. <laughs> and if you doubt me and if you're angry about that, then call me in five years and let me know where we're at. Because mm-hmm. for sure, for me, it doesn't look like it. Yeah. So we have to call not just for endurance and faith but this calls for wisdom doesn't it it calls for yeah. an ability to discern yeah. and to recognize the character and nature and things and you know i don't like the idea of vaccine mandates actually for my money i don't like the idea of you know over exercise of control from governments no i think there's some issues of coercive powers that uh, governments yeah, have we're right to not like that, that yeah we're, make and you we're, a bit nervous don't they yeah. make you a bit twitchy well they're right for us to recognize as having some of the flavor of this yeah. kind of horrible and you realize given the right set of circumstances yes. an earthly authority might give itself the right to do such yeah a thing yes and and clearly for me, that's what's being shown here. But there is an abstract present continuous reality, that word again, yeah. that this is always true and has always been true, mm-hmm. that there is a counterfeit religion, you know, well, a counterfeit says, worship. Sorry, Pete, I'm no, interrupting. Ahead, yeah. Paul says, doesn't he, Romans 12, he says, do not let the world squeeze, well, do not be con- conformed to the image of this world. Yeah. So don't be conformed. But he's the... Uh, J.B. Phillips put it in a quote that we all love, doesn't he? Don't let the world squeeze you into its mould. Yeah. And it's this idea that there is a coercive pressure mm-hmm. from the systems, from the powers of this world at large, and the spirit of Antichrist mm-hmm. that John tells us is already in the world. Yep. Even now many Antichrists have come. Yep. And, you know, he's out there at large, yep. trying to conform us to... The, the worldly pattern. Yeah. yeah. And to take on, in yes. some way, shape or form, the image and values of this beast. Yeah. And we're always, if we're an authentic Christian, actually at war. We're we're in conflict with that, aren't we? We are, directly? yeah. Yeah. There's two kingdoms, aren't there? There's two patterns. A worldly pattern, an earthly pattern, the world is trying to conform us to. Yeah. And a heavenly pattern, a heavenly kingdom that... The Holy Spirit is is transforming yeah. us into the image of Christ in. Yeah. And so we have to recognise that about our lives right now, don't we? Because yeah. we know there's a 
false religion. We know there's a sexually immoral kind of cultural kind of advert that's constantly kind of being offered to us as a temptation. Yeah. We know that the love of money and wealth and greed and stuff is at large and pride yeah. of people's yeah. hearts and anger and, and and sort of rebellion against God. This is a continuously available present reality that's all around us, isn't it? And take the the saints have a place in this battle to resist yeah. it, to you know resist the devil and he'll flee from us. To mm-hmm. say no to Antichrist and his horrible yeah. little system Ugh. of wealth, in whatever and, form it's operating. Yeah, and and I think what? to recognise that it might change shape and size over the centuries. Sure, if it's been at large all this time, the devil's probably not stupid enough to have kept it in exactly the same form all this time, right? Mm. You know, it morphs, and then you start like, thinking, well, you know, <laughs> well. Let me leave that aside. So, verse um, to this this second beast mm-hmm. that comes up from the earth. Yeah, it looks like a lamb, yes. but speaks like a dragon. Yeah, Jesus looks like a lamb, but speaks like a lion. That's right. We know who he is. Yes. Who do we think this is, or is it a somebody? And it seems to carry the authority of the beast, but mm. have the power to evoke worship. For the beast, yes. for the first beast, and do we have any idea what this mortal wound might be that was healed? Because that sounds pretty sinister to me. It, it does, and and the the counterfeit miracles and the fire from heaven mm. and the healing of the wound suggest to me that we're looking not just at a sort of I don't know whether some people sort of accidentally believe that we'll be looking at some kind of. UN Secretary General or something. Right. This is not who we're looking at, is it? We're looking at a false trinity almost. Mm. You know, from the dragon comes the first beast and then the second beast in, in procession. And you can see the procession of the trinity yeah. as the father to the son and then the spirit. You know, I will send my spirit. Mm-hmm. And uh, the sort of the second beast is the sort of most readily available of the three in the sense that it's it's working in people and through people mm. and, and enticing people and convincing people and doing signs that people can see. Yeah. So in terms of visibility, it seems that the second one is the most visible of the three and the most active and, and yeah. sort of... Almost like the cheerleader the for the other one. Yeah. And the dragon. But the traditional interpretation we've seen so much in evangelical circles is that the devil is the devil... Um, the first beast is an antichrist who will proclaim himself king of the world, sovereign yeah. of the nations, etc. And the second beast will be some sort of false prophet yeah. who will sort of organize and maintain the, the the sort of obedience of the world to the first beast. And mm. I think that sits in, in yeah. step with what the text says, isn't it? Sure. Absolutely. Like what we've got is a false religion that worships the beast. We've got false miracles or you know real miracles, but out of a horrible sort of ungodly source. And you've got a mark on the beast, which is a counterfeit to the mark of the Holy yeah. Spirit that is placed on the foreheads of the saints, right? Yeah. So we've got a mark that excludes everybody without the mark. So the whole buying and selling and wealth and trade system that's out mm. there is reduced only to those people who have this mark. And I, I'm sure I wouldn't be the first to say that many people have predicted that this is the logical end of the journey we're on with electronic money for instance you know eventually maybe there'll be some microchip that you put in your real body and you beep that instead of beeping your debit card or your phone yeah or even 
yeah, you sign up to something and then it's done by retina scan as you walk in the shop or, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, really the technology is... It's already there, of, isn't it? Yes. And that's one of the reasons why people feel so strongly like with must be at the end now because, yeah. you know, the the chip that you can put in a dog to well, our tell you who's... Well, got a chip, yeah, and tells oh. you who, who's its owner. And you're not which... worried about it being the servant of Antichrist because of that? Well, no. Sometimes it's a nuisance, but... That's <laughs> We love her. Um, <laughs> it has to be said. Mm. So, um, but yeah, the, the but whole is... the the problem the church community have is that everything which is kind of done by international agreement starts looking suspicious, yeah. and everything that is done by, as a global measure looks suspicious, yeah. and every measure to sort of reform how we process money looks suspicious yeah of course and everything that could enters your body you know that's the one mm-hmm. we hear with coronavirus yeah. stuff all the time you know i have a rule about saying what goes into my body it's like all right yeah so all of that now looks kind of almost unredeemably suspicious and well, so people are just voting with their feet and saying yeah. no to the whole lot of it and i yeah. think probably making at least some mistakes in that process yeah. i think the i mean Anna would not call herself a theologian, but she says some very smart things. And, and she says, well, I've been saying no to the devil all my life and mm. yes to Jesus all my life. I think I will know when it comes, push comes to shove, what the actual deal is about. Do you, you know would, what I mean? So You in, would think God would tell us, of, yeah. Yeah. And I think if you're a genuine hearted martyr Martus, mm. you know, one of these witnesses who's given their life. You, you you're following the lamb wherever he goes. You've, yeah. you know, you've given your life over to. You don't love your life so much as to shrink from death. Yeah, and you hold into the. You know, I, I think I don't think we need to be afraid that it all. That we could. I know there is a there is a there are a few warnings about being complacent, but I think God loves us. He he is the good shepherd we know his voice his sheep know his voice mm. and i do believe that he will make it clear to us yeah when the time arises that there's something we should definitely mm. not accept yeah the thing is that none of these people are hoodwinked <laughs> at least uh, it seems that no. way you know it seems like this is a free person's choice between with... the kingdom of jesus yeah. or the kingdom of satan yeah. and they've agreed with the devil they love the beast they worship the beast mm. and it's hard to believe that you could do that by accident, isn't it? He's clearly given them something they want. Yep. And, you know, I mean, this this idea that somehow this um, second beast can yep. make an image of the first beast live, mm. <laughs> that, is, that is bizarre. Yeah, it is. But now with technology as it is, you know, really, you have to say, well, gosh, anything almost that someone can imagine could yeah. possibly be we're not that far off dreamt from... up in some corner somewhere yeah and some... all of that should give us pause but one of the things i least like to see is when out of a sort of expectation and a fear of what this concrete re- historical reality will look like mm. in the future people end up shackling themselves to all kinds of actually very ungodly things mm-hmm. you know i think some of the nationalism yeah which is now at large which when i was growing up was pretty much on its way out you know yeah. when in the 90s when you sort of had the end of the cold war the end of apartheid the, you know the end of the kind of the 
pe- people just didn't believe in nations that much at large. You know, mm-hmm. we thought the whole world was going to turn into this sort of liberal order of, of kind of international unity. And at that time, the church, well, these sections of the church were saying, this is it. This is it. The liberal international order is it. This is the thing that's, that's going to kind of bring yeah. down, uh, you know, the, the last phase of history. And then it's like, well, in our last kind of 10 years or so, things like, uh, well, let me dare I name Trump or Brexit or something. Nationalism is hugely on the rise yeah. and people are yeah. sort of pledging allegiance to nations and yeah. nations leaders in a, such a gross subservient way out of a desire to distance themselves from the sort of liberal new world order mm-hmm. thing, international thing, which we're suspicious of. Cause you know, if there's yeah. a, if there's an international order, then someone could be Surely. king of it. Yeah. Oh, and it, it just is causing people to have this crazy level of failure to recognize truth from fiction. Mm. You know, all those prophets who said, you know, Donald Trump is definitely going to win the second term. Hardly any of them have come out and said, you know what? Hands up. I was wrong because mm-hmm. they were wrong. And yeah. you can pretend if you like that January the 6th and, and all those little meddlings were, were sort of a, a, a sort of earthly opposition to this you know, spiritually true fact. It's just nonsense. Mm. It is. And it's hurting everyone and it's ruining yeah. There have been our some testimony. very significant um, admissions of getting it wrong from some people who I do Good. respect a lot, which I'm very Good. glad to Good. hear. Well, I'm glad to hear each one. Yeah. But it, it frightens, it doesn't frighten me. It makes me deeply, deeply sad when I see people be so sure of their interpretation mm-hmm. that they'll end up putting themselves up in, in all sorts of compromising positions yeah. in terms of what they start saying yeah. and how they start behaving. Because our battle is not supposed to be against flesh and blood. Is supposed to be against the spiritual authorities mm. and powers in the heavenly realms. And so whenever we get too flag wavy and nationalistic, I'm like, wait a second, are we part of this world or not? Yeah, are like, we jumping on a... Are we accidentally yeah. kind of missing it in a big way and finding ourselves in a violent kind of counter culture that's yeah. actually not the kingdom of heaven yeah. at all, but is actually yeah. just some conspiracy spewing nonsense. Yeah, yeah. That's my concern. Wow. Good <laughs> yes. So, thanks, Pete. So, oh. well, there we go. So we have we we can't really stop this chapter on a high point because it's it's difficult and dark and yeah. very very disturbing. That's right. Um, but we do have this wonderful sense in which you know there are those still in the middle of all of this mm. turmoil and kind of this great gravitation towards false worship and mm. you know the beast and everything else there are those who have clearly not taken his mark on themselves but they have the mark of the holy spirit yeah. on them and are clearly numbered as belonging to the lamb and yeah. thank god yeah yeah. yeah we love to see what god does and we we know don't we in our heart of hearts that his of his kingdom and of his rule there will be no end yeah. you know the even in amongst the darkness of, of this chapter peace, yeah. that's right he shall reign forever and ever and hallelujah yeah. to that yeah and it, it there are dark days you yeah know, there are days when it looks like gosh we're on the slide and we're losing our ground and mm-hmm. stuff and worldly things just seem so pervasive but our yeah. confidence is not in the flesh and our ability to kind of build a better mousetrap or something it's in 
the king and the kingdom of heaven, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. So, Lord Jesus, we do thank you. And we would love to pray for ourselves, our families, for those that we have care of in your church and those. uh, But, Lord, your church throughout this earth. Now and as we move forward into whatever the, the future holds for us, Lord, we pray that you would protect us on the one hand from receiving this mark on ourselves in whatever form that is. Lord, we believe you're able to keep us from falling hmm. and present us faultless um, before your Father with great joy. Lord, we know that you're able to do that. Yeah. So we ask that you will. But Lord, we don't just want to hold it together. Mm. We want to be on the increase. We want the number who take the mark of the beast down to in absolute barest minimum, Lord. <laughs> we don't want people to be deceived by his lies. No. We want people to be saved by Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Amen.